0: Welcome to Well That Was Weird, the podcast, Serial Saturday Edition, where each week we discuss a different killer and give our opinions on their heinous crimes. My name is
1: Isaiah. And I'm Chance, and this week we are talking about Samuel Little, um, a.k.a. the Choke and Stroke Killer. It's really hard for me to say that. Um...
0: No, not to be confused with Stuart Little, the wonderful mouse of childhood movie fame.
1: No, don't don't confuse it. Samuel Little. Um, just a brief little synopsis of S- Samuel Little. Uh, he claims to have strangled and killed 93 people between 1970 and 2005. And that makes him, according to the FBI, the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history.
0: The most prolific serial killer in U.S. history, and we call him the choke and stroke killer. Yeah. Why?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know if that was done on purpose to try to belittle him in some way, you know. Because the past couple of weeks we've talked about these serial killers from Colombia who are known to kill two or three hundred people, and they're known as like the beast and the monster. <laughs> man.
0: Is there like a, a kill cap where you get a cool name? Or like, <laughs> you like if to you break a hundred, yeah, if you break a hundred, you're like you know like El Super Bisto or like something like that. You know, you get a cool Colombian name. <laughs> Anything below a hundred and you're just known by your like your first and last name.
1: <laughs> you're just Samuel Little. Anything yeah. above it and you're like Samuel Little. You're like, you know, the ripper. Yeah. So it's the like fifty. San Justinto.
0: Yeah, fifty and below, it's just your first and last name. Fifty to a hundred, you get something that's like really shitty, like choke and stroke. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, stab, um,
0: stab, and tab or something. <laughs> okay, um, Got to break that hundred.
1: You know, Samuel Little is is a really interesting case because he is the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history. Um, but he was actually only just caught in 2012, um, which we'll kind of we'll go through the story of of how he was actually caught and where he was caught and. And all of that. Um, the FBI, he claims 93 victims. The FBI can actually only confirm 50 of them. Um, Wait, he
0: claims that or the FBI?
1: He claims 93. The FBI can confirm 50. Oh, okay. Um, and that's because they, they would look at missing persons reports. And also Samuel Little um, is able to describe his victims with pretty decent accuracy and he draws portraits of them and where he left their bodies and stuff like that he gave the FBI all of this stuff so that's how they're able to confirm 50 is by samuel little's own accounts his drawings and where he said he met them where he killed them there they go and look in that area and say okay there was a missing person during these years and her her pictures, any pictures they found of her match this picture that Samuel Little drew and stuff like that. That's how they're able to confirm 50. Um, Because the span of his crimes were between 1970 and 2005. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. He killed people for 35 years. I mean, that's, I guess, how he racked up so many, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, much like any of the others, he had mother problems. Of course. <laughs> I mean why not? That dude? shouldn't be a surprise at this point.
0: No, with him was it lack of mother, abusive mother, what are we talking both. about
1: both? Uh yes. Um so he he was born in nineteen forty, um in Reynolds, Georgia. Um, Hmm. he claims that his mother was a teenage prostitute.
0: Seeing a trend.
1: Yep. Uh, and that she abandoned him on the streets as a young child. Uh, they actually believe that his mother may have given birth to him while she was in jail. Um, but when she abandoned him, he was raised by his grandmother in Lorraine, Ohio. But apparently he had a difficult time in high school and dropped out. I think he only made it through the ninth grade. Uh, okay. Something like that. Uh, yeah, I believe he only made it through about the ninth grade. Um, yeah, he he attended Hawthorne Junior High School in Lorain, Ohio, um, you know, where he had lots of problems with discipline. Uh, you know. Big surprise there. Uh, but in 1956... You, wait, so he would have been, you
0: mean his prostitute mother didn't discipline, discipline him enough?
1: Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Um, in 1956, so he would have been 16 at the time, he was convicted of breaking and entering into a property in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and then he was put in juvenile detention, basically. Um, so he started committing a lot of crimes in his teenage years, starting with theft. He was thrown into juvenile detention and his time in juvie basically made his crimes get worse, I guess. Okay. Um, so, so starting in the 1950s, he moved around from state to state and got arrested for fraud, DUI, assault, armed robbery, and rape, other crimes. Racking
0: them up real quick.
1: By 1975, so he would have been, what, 75, he would have been 35 35. at the time, he had been arrested over 25 times and across 11 states.
0: (laughs) So he's just constantly moving, moving around.
1: Yeah. In total, he served 10 years in prison for all these various offenses and actually escaped from two murder convictions before his 2014 conviction of these actual killings. Ow.
0: (laughs) Jeez. How are we calling this man the stroke, like the choke and stroke, when he's got all these other attributes that we could be playing names off of?
1: I don't know. I don't get it. Quick escape killer.
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't get it, you know? Yeah, he'd been arrested 26 times in 11 states for all of these things. Uh, he also included in those arrests were attacks on government officials. I don't know really what he did. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that I felt like that needed to be included here. Somebody from
0: the IRS, he just punched him.
1: It's kind of interesting because the FBI actually has a timeline of all of his mug shots.
0: <laughs> oh, here it is, when, yeah.
1: From when he was arrested, yeah, and there's like 1966 through' 95, and you can see all these mug shots of him throughout throughout all the years,
0: you, you can just see his hair change with the times, you know, like yes And <laughs> his facial hair, like yep. he kept the the same mustache soul patch combo all the way up to 84, and then in '84 he was like, "Why not a mug shot without a shirt?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Um. apparently he spent his years in prison all those 10 years leading up to him becoming a murderer um, exercising a lot and learning how to box and that he actually showed some promise as being like a professional boxer but he decided not to pursue that career well
0: how else are you going to be good at choking people if you're not strong
1: oh that's true that's true. Um so, you know, he he basically, you know, I mentioned that he was actually um that he was arrested for two murders that he actually kind of got away with. Yeah. Um that that was 1982. Uh he was arrested in Pascagoula, Mississippi and charged with the murder of 22-year-old Melinda Rose Laprie. She had gone missing in September of that year, but a grand jury declined to indict him for the murder. Um, However, while under investigation for that murder, he was transferred to Florida to be brought to trial for the murder of 26-year-old Patricia Ann Mount, whose body was found in September 82. So he would have killed two people in September of 82. But prosecution witnesses... um, identified Little in court as a person who spent time with that woman on the night before her disappearance. But due to the mistrust of witness testimonies, he was acquitted in January 1984. Wow. So he actually got away with two murders.
0: Just because the jury was crap?
1: Pretty much, yeah. And because they couldn't trust the witness testimonies. oh. Um, so after that, he moved to California where he kind of hung around the San Diego area. In October of 84, he was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling 22-year-old Lori Barros Jesus. who survived. Um, but then one month later, he was found by police in the back seat of his car with an unconscious woman who was also beaten and strangled in the same location that he attempted to murder the last one. Is she alive? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he served two and a half years in prison for both of those crimes.
0: Jesus.
1: So he was released in February of 87 and moved to LA and immediately committed about 10 more murders. <laughs> Good Lord. But an interesting thing to to note here, just kind of like the other other guys that we talked about from Columbia, one of the reasons why Samuel Little's murders were undetected for so long, you know, from the 70s through 2005, is that a lot of his victims and alleged victims were, well, A... I mean, it's not any surprise now that we kind of have a problem with people of color in certain areas of the country. You know, just here in the U.S., they're just kind of not paid attention to, I guess. Um, The majority of his victims were women of color, uh, but they were also people who are often overlooked. Sex workers, homeless people, drug addicts.
0: Well, I was looking through the list of his like victims and the wiki page actually has like a full list of, uh, you know, like the, the people that they assume he killed. Uh, and Mm -hmm. a lot of them are just listed as unknowns. Yes. Just Unknowns with a year, you know, next to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, he even said in, in a, in a, interview with the New York Times, he said, I never killed no senators or governors or fancy New York journalists and so nothing like that. I stayed in the ghettos. Um, so that's kind of the thing is, um, since the majority of his victims remain unidentified, many of the deaths of a lot of his victims were assumed to be natural causes, drug overdoses, or accidents because he strangled a prostitute who was also a drug addict and you know, in the '70s, they were just like, "Well, she was a drug addict. She she OD'd." End of yeah. story. They, they didn't, didn't even look into it. You know. Um. So apparently, his mo for killing his victims, um, he would start out by punching them until they were unconscious, and then strangling them to death. Jesus. Um. And since there was no bullet or stab wounds, it was difficult to you know tie anything to him. Basically,
0: I mean, like fingerprints, right?
1: Well, yeah, I guess fingerprints. I I mean, the man had been arrested
0: twenty five times. Like, you'd think they'd have a pretty good trail on what his hands look like.
1: Apparently, it was the LAPD who gave him the nickname "the Choke and Stroke Killer" since he since he actually masturbated while strangling his victims. Oh. That's
0: Okay, that's why I punched him out, because he was probably using only one hand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Interestingly, he wasn't really doing this to get back at his mother or anything like that, Like, like a lot of these other killers have done. He claims that he was commissioned by God to kill his victims to alleviate their misery since they were living in poverty and being prostitutes and stuff like that. Um but also, at other times he claims he was possessed by Satan also so he
0: was sounds like he's mentally disturbed.
1: yeah, uh, so he was simultaneously commissioned by God to be a holy warrior and uh you know possessed by Satan um which I do think is kind of an interesting interesting tidbit there um now the FBI has a website devoted to Samuel little. Um which is kind of interesting there's a lot of a lot of info here uh, because they're still trying to match up because he claims ninety three they've they've been able to match up fifty yeah um so they're still trying to match up a lot of this stuff and they're actually still asking for the public help for the public's help um to to figure out and they're like you know if you have any information contact the FBI or submit tip online yeah um, but interestingly uh he's actually a decent artist and he has done a lot of portraits of his victims and that's how they're able to identify them by looking at missing persons reports and stuff like that yeah
0: and you can you can find portraits just on google if you, if
1: you just yes. look for it. yeah um he's actually able to be pretty accurate um on their descriptions, uh, not always accurate on dates, but pretty accurate on descriptions. he's able to tell them you know it was sometime between 92 and 94. He remembers it was cold and snowing uh, he He was able to describe the you know some women as 24 years old, five foot five, five foot seven, around 200 pounds you know he he's able to tell a lot of detail about a lot of these women yeah, which is kind of creepy. Because he knows <laughs> he's still able to recall so much. Yeah, as,
0: especially um, as old as he
1: is. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, he's eighty years old this year. Um, now the FBI website also is kind of uh, interesting because it shows pictures. It's it's a map and it's got little pinpoints of where so many of his uh, victims were. It's got little pinpoints on a map. So there's like D.C. um, It's yeah, it's and the thing is, these are unmatched confessions. (laughs) These aren't all of them. These are just the ones that haven't been matched yet. Jesus. But most of them have pictures associated with them with descriptions. But the thing is, is his unmatched ones. There's Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Illinois, Ohio, Maryland, uh, Texas, Nevada, L, you know, the LA area, Phoenix, Arizona. He's been all over the place, and he's killed people all over the country. I mean, it's it's really kind of crazy, the scale of it all. Um, so, you know, like I said, his... He's not really great on the dates, but he can remember where he was, what car he was driving, and generally the women, like what they look like and their bodies and everything else, you know, their body sizes. And yeah. He can remember a- enough of that. Um. So, which I do think is kind of really interesting, which he actually said during that New York Magazine article uh, about his victims. He said, uh, I live in my mind now with my babies. Yeah. and his babies, that's his victims, in my drawings. Um, the only thing I was ever good at was drawing and fighting.
0: And killing.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. killing, I guess.
0: <laughs> Don't leave that out.
1: Um, Don't understand now, yourself. Here's, here's a really interesting thing, though, is he actually had a long-term relationship through multiple of these murders and many of these years.
0: How? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, I guess uh, he was moving so much. With woman, yeah, with a woman named Jean, she's now deceased, but she supported them with money by shoplifting. Huh. Um, yeah, Jean. Um, now Samuel Little, you know, he's confessed to a lot, of course, which I I don't even think we'd have time to go through even a portion of them. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, some of his confirmed like fully confirmed murders like you know beyond that like they actually know their name and their location you know it was cincinnati ohio cleveland ohio three in la two a couple more in cincinnati and then one in odessa texas yeah um And most of these murders these these ones that are actually confirmed is are between the years of 81 and 94 the ones that are actually confirmed So, you know, it's, um, well, it's, we've seen it with a lot of these killers. They had so many chances to get it right in the 80s when he was arrested twice for killing people, three, you know, and then once for kidnapping, beating and strangling two women. And he still was let out after a year or two or flat out wasn't even charged, like wasn't even indicted didn't even go to jail for those two early murders. God. Um, here's the really interesting part though, is he was finally caught in 2012 in a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky. Just
0: hanging out, being homeless. Yeah.
1: Uh, but he wasn't actually caught um, because he wasn't caught about the murders though. Um, he was actually, uh, he was, he was, he was at the homeless shelter in Kentucky and transported to LA for an outstanding drug charge. Oh. They extradited him to LA. Well, for a narcotics possession charge. But once he was in, con- once he was in custody in LA, uh, they tested his DNA, which l- matched three homicides in California between 1987 to 1989. So they were like, holy crap, like this guy's killed people. And so in 2014, they found him guilty of those three murders and sentenced him to life in prison without parole. But after his conviction, the FBI put all of his information into its violent criminal apprehension program, which is known as VICAP. And in VICAP, it, basically links up stuff to see like if there's unsolved murders from a certain person or whatever it may be, or crimes. Yeah. And they found strong links between everywhere he moved throughout the decades and a, a bunch of unsolved murders across <laughs> 19 states. Jesus. Yeah. Um, he was just doing work. Yeah. Yeah. um, So, basically, while he was being held at the California prison, a Texas ranger named James Holland visited uh, Samuel Little in hopes of solving the 1994 murder of a prostitute named Denise Brothers in Odessa, Texas, and he wound up confessing to the murder and many more in exchange to be transferred out of L.A. County Prison. Um, So, learning that he had a talent for drawing, this... Texas Ranger guy provided him with art supplies so he could draw pictures of his victims, and since then, Little has actually produced impressively accurate portraits of his victims, which the FBI are still currently using in hopes of solving several dozen cold, cold cases. God, I mean, there's not a lot of detail about his actual killings, other than like his MO.
0: Yeah, he just um, beat him, strangled, and then left him. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like he he didn't really. There's not a lot, lot of info here, uh, mainly because there's still so much that we don't, that we don't know. There's still so many that are unidentified and that we just don't know. Yeah. So there's there's still this is still an ongoing case. Yeah, I mean, like if
0: you if you read through the list of victims, a lot of them just say either age unknown or between like 35 to 40 you know like between a, like a range of date age and then mm-hmm. most of them just say like little info provided and all they have mm-hmm. is a sketch like that's that's all it is or or it'll say like disposed of in the woods like
1: yeah yeah i mean he has some stories about you know like how he you know, took care of his victims or whatever, you know, he just basically says, you know, approximately 1984, probably in the summertime, he was driving his Lincoln Continental from Lorain, Ohio, to Cincinnati. When en route, he met a 25-year-old white female outside a strip club. Um, she approached him and asked for a ride to Miami, Florida, saying that her mother lived there. Um, he and the woman drove south on Interstate 75. When they reached Cincinnati, the two of them spent time downtown on Vine Street. They continued driving together across the river into northern Kentucky. Little described driving to a hilly area not far from I-75. He drove up a small dirt road to the top of the little round hill where he beat and strangled the woman in the back seat of his car. And then he left her body on top of the hill. That's one that is that has not been... That's one that's still unmatched. Yeah. They still don't know who she was. Um, And then in 93, he apparently killed a woman in Vegas here. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. um, He was driving a 78 yellow Cadillac Eldorado to LA when he met a woman on Owens Avenue or Jackson Street in Las Vegas. Um, And he remembered the woman pointing out her son who was uh, about 19 to 20 years old somewhere. And he confessed to taking her to a motel room where he strangled her to death. He said that he placed the woman's body in the trunk of of his car and drove to the outskirts of Vegas. He pulled off on a remote road and rolled the woman's body down a steep slope. And then he threw her clothes out further down the road, and it's likely that her body was never found.
0: So he just confessed to that they never found her.
1: Yeah, because he's got, well, you know, they've been able to confirm 50 of his 93. So there's still another 43 that he's just that talked he's about. given <laughs> that he's talked about and given like details like this that they still don't know because there's no body and there was never a missing persons report Jeez. or anything. They, they can't quite tie 43 of them to, to Samuel Little.
0: How awful is that? Like when he's like, yeah, she pointed out her son and her kids don't even like report her missing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it goes goes into you know, like what we said earlier. You know, he preyed on people who basically wouldn't be missed. I guess you know, people who the police wouldn't expend a lot of resources looking for, even if they did go missing. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, stuff like. Prostitutes or or drug addicts or or whatever it may be. So yeah, I'm. He, which the whole reason why so many of these are are unable to be uh, connected to him is because bodies were never found. Jeez. But he has portraits of all of them. I just portraits I, and he. I was and he just
0: has curious. I uh, just looked up a statistic. Apparently. In Las Vegas, there's an average of five to seven adults adult persons who are reported missing each day and more than two hundred a month.
1: God damn. Yeah. I'm gonna try not to get kidnapped. Yeah. I, I do my best to not get kidnapped every day. I think it's harder where you live because you've always got wild stuff going are on people over there.
0: Blowing off fireworks all weekend too.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean Samuel Little is is a really interesting one. I mean, there's definitely the same old story, you know, bad mother at the beginning of his early years. Yeah. Prostitute who abandoned him. I mean I mean if there if there's anything to say about you know, nature versus nurture, I I do think that Samuel Little is definitely a good example of that. Just like most of these others, is you. You have to wonder whether he would have still done these things had his mother been a normal, loving parent and not abandoned him.
0: Right. That's yeah. It's kind of one of those things. Like, would he have turned out different if she had? been a good mother or he had like a stable house or would he have just is it just ingrained in him to be a serial killer
1: yeah yeah I I think that's an interesting question to ask in general Um, especially with all of these killers we've talked about because all of them so far have had mother issues right I mean other than like Harold Shipman yeah we don't really know much about him though that's
0: honestly like <laughs> that's the one thing that scares me about having children. <laughs> like, you screw them up. Oh uh, well, no, like, not me. <laughs> but what if they come out just fucked in the head? Like, we'll get. In, I'll get in these moods, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'd be a really good dad, and like, like to have a kid, you know, and just yeah, have that experience and stuff. And then, like a minute later, I'm like, but what if my kid comes out and then? like hates me and tries to murder me.
1: <laughs> I guess it's a risk that that uh, you got to take.
0: It's like, what well, if it's like, oh, childhood's like totally normal. And then like at 12, they're like, yeah, stab, stab, stab. I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> this
1: the things that keep me up at night. <sighs> <laughs> um, well, I'm, you know, to wrap up Samuel little, Um, He's currently serving four life sentences without the possibility of parole. He's 80 years old now. Um, He's not in great health. Uh, He is uh, wheelchair bound and suffers from uh, numerous heart conditions as well as diabetes.
0: Oh, got the betis.
1: Yeah, he's got the betis. Got the diabetes. Um, so, yeah, he can't even get out of a wheelchair. He's 80. Uh, like,
0: he's, he's that's expected 80. at this point.
1: I don't know that, like, since he's killed so many people over the years, if you were to just say, okay, you're free, get out, you're you're done, time's up, you know? Yeah. Do you think he'd even be capable of killing another person? We, that is not, not a
0: question that we can attempt to answer because they already did that once and the guy killed somebody. <laughs> There was I think we talked about him. Uh yeah. like last year there was the killer who they let out of prison because he was deemed like too old to commit another crime and then he stabbed a woman in front of her children. Like
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes, we did talk about that guy.
0: <laughs> so I don't think we want to make that mistake again.
1: That's right. Or he's well, like, I mean, I'm just thinking like this, this dude has diabetes, a heart condition and his yep. wheelchair
0: bound. Uh, Our lucky, he would get a knife and then just fall on someone
1: and be like, see, (laughs) I can still do it. I'm strong. I I mean, I guess so. Well, well, that about wraps up the story of Samuel Little. Um, You know, his MO wasn't as terrifying as some other people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess (laughs) choke and stroke. That's the I wish we could call the episode that but we'd probably get in trouble.
1: Yeah. Yeah, most likely. Most likely. Uh so if you want to learn more about Samuel Little or anything like that, the FBI actually has an entire website devoted to him.
0: Yeah, there is uh, a like full isn't there's a documentary too.
1: Yeah, there's a documentary. Uh you can see the map of where all of his where all of his confessed but not confirmed killings are and a uh, lot of really interesting info about him. Uh, be sure to check out our next episode on Wednesday. Um, I guess this episode will be coming out, what, the, day after uh, re- New Year's Day. Yeah, so, so. happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year. Uh, so uh, I'm going to get out of here. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. I'll see you next year. Bye. <laughs> See you next year. Thanks, Dad. Okay, I'm going to get out of here. Bye. Bye.